For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Light out, everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. As always, I got my brother and producer, Joel, in the studio with me as well. And today, we are going to be talking about probably what I believe and many other people believe to be one of the most paranormal hotspots in the entire world. And that place is none other than Skinwalker Ranch. I'm very excited to be covering Skinwalker Ranch because not only is it one of our most requested topics, but also it's just one of my personal favorite things to look into because there's so much things that are going on at Skinwalker Ranch that cannot be explained by science. And, you know, there's paranormal activity there. There's UFOs that are seen there. There's cryptids in the form of skinwalkers, which we'll talk more about that and hence the name Skinwalker Ranch. So there's a lot of different elements of high strangeness going on on this ranch in the middle of the Unitaw Basin in Utah. So that is what we're going to be diving into today. But I also wanted to thank our sponsors for today. We got American Giant and Simply Safe. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show. Also, if you guys haven't checked out our merch yet, we've got some merch still out there for you at milehiremerch.com. Uh, you can get some of that before we sell out. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into Skinwalker Ranch. Let's not waste another second. So Skinwalker Ranch is an actual ranch, roughly about 500 acres or so, and it's in Unitaw County, Utah, which is actually southeast of Ballard, Utah. And this area of land borders a Native American reservation of the Ute tribe. And obviously, long before this was ever a ranch, it was just strictly Native American land. I mean, let's be real. The entire U.S. North American continent was Native American land at one time. But now the ranch does border the Ute tribe's reservation. But this particular piece of land in Utah is known for so many different things but especially its otherworldly experiences and strange phenomena that's been both experienced and recorded at Skinwalker Ranch. Let's begin by talking a little bit about what does Skinwalker mean? Why is Skinwalker attached to this name of this ranch? Well, for one, Native American tribes believe that the ranch was built along the path of the Skinwalker, which is where the Skinwalkers are known to roam. In essence, a Skinwalker is a shapeshifter. They have the ability to shapeshift between an animal back to a human and so forth. But according to the Navajo people, skinwalkers started out as medicine men or sometimes women, and they basically studied all forms of magic, both good and evil. And once they reached the highest level of, you know, this magic, whether it's, you know, a lot of people refer to it to different things, priesthood or to a sorcerer or something like that. They essentially got to the point where they decided to use their abilities for evil and they decided to use these magical abilities that they had in order to harm innocent people. Skinwalkers also have the ability to possess a person or an animal. And in order to do this, the skinwalker just needs to make eye contact with them. 
and they usually choose to possess or turn into animals known for mischief, like coyotes or those that represent bad omens or omens of death, like owls or crows. So at the end of the day, I mean, it seems like they could be a lot of different things. It's not just necessarily a wolf. I mean, they could be a crow or an owl, but essentially they are shapeshifters, magical beings that, you know, humans that have achieved a high level of magical ability and they've decided to kind of, you know, go the dark side with that and do harm onto other people. That's a scary thought to know that they can literally possess you just by making eye contact. Like that's like one of the easiest things you could do is just look at somebody. So when I think about that, like what if I was a few yards away or like way out there and all they did was just looked at me, do they have full control over me at that point? It's just a crazy thought. Yeah. And because of this ability to possess you, a lot of people do have a lot of fear surrounding skinwalkers and, you know, people claim to have encountered them before, you know, throughout history and, you know, especially the native American people, Navajo specifically. I mean, they really do believe that skinwalkers are out there and you do have to be careful of them because, you know, if you do cross paths with one, it could end very badly for you. So with that being said, if you were to go and ask the locals about, you know, the area in this Unitaw basin and, you know, what kinds of things they've experienced or, you know, what kinds of stories have been passed down over generations, they would straight up tell you that there's been a lot of very strange activity, a lot of strange happenings that have been going on for years and years and years. I mean, going back as far as 15 generations. And what they would also tell you is that in the late 1700s, Spanish explorers passed through this area looking for the Spanish trail. And according to the Spanish, they allegedly saw basically a UFO in the skies at night. In addition to UFOs, they also claim to have encountered bizarre creatures, mutilated animals, and even proof of alternate dimensions. In fact, the first documented paranormal activity near Skinwalker Ranch was UFO sightings that were reported near the Unitaw Basin. In 1974, Frank Salisbury, a plant physiologist, interviewed hundreds of locals and documented hundreds of UFO sightings from Skinwalker Ranch and the surrounding area. So this is this UFO sightings, I mean, has been going on for potentially hundreds of years. I mean, even thousands of years. And again, when I say UFO, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, there's aliens flying around. We don't know what these things are. We don't even know if there's, they're physical, you know, we don't know if they have any sort of actual physical dimension to them, or if they're actually just passing through, you know, our reality and our dimensions going into some other world. I mean, we really have no idea what these UFOs are. But for centuries, members of the nearby Ute tribe have passed down stories about supernatural events occurring in and around the property of Skinwalker Ranch. The Utes believe all living things have supernatural power, and they believe these powers can be used for evil. Historically, the Ute and Navajo tribes have had a friendly and hostile relationships at different times. The Ute people believe the land around Skinwalker Ranch was actually cursed long ago by a Navajo shaman as punishment. Because at one time, the Utes and the Navajo people fought their enemies together. But once the Spanish introduced the Ute people to horses, they started kidnapping the Navajo people and selling them into slave markets of New Mexico. And since the time of the curse, they claim that skinwalkers have terrorized the Utes and anyone else who lives near the reservation. And again, legends claim skinwalkers can take the form of animals or people they kill. And once they kill their prey, they literally wear the skin, antlers, or skull, allowing them to complete 
the transformation, hence the name Skinwalker. But according to legend, even after becoming an animal, Skinwalker's eyes remain human. If they take the form of a human, their eyes look more like an animal's. And they get this power by committing the evil act of killing a close family member, usually a sibling. Once they've committed the sin, they are all given the supernatural ability to shapeshift. The most common forms of skinwalkers are wolves, coyotes, foxes, dogs, bears, and cougars. Skinwalkers aren't exact replicas of real animals, though. Even as wolves or coyotes, they walk upright. And because they're able to walk upright, they move at unimaginable speeds and can jump from high cliffs. Their movements are almost unnatural and their eyes glow in the darkness. That's a really creepy thought to think about being out there. I'd almost be creeped out right now if I were to go out to the Unitaw Basin at night and, you know, you see something glowing off in the distance or you you think you're seeing some animal eyes. Maybe you're coming face to face with a skinwalker. And the eyes are just getting closer and closer. Well, I mean, what do you do? They're like superhuman. They're like they can move, you know, just like that. They can be right there in front of you. It honestly makes me think a lot about vampires and especially the Twilight series and how they portray the vampires in there and, you know, how all those similar characteristics like their eyes, their look, how fast they can travel and, you know, basically what a skinwalker is as well. Yeah, except I probably believe a lot more in a skinwalker than, <laughs> than the vampires from Twilight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so remember with skinwalkers, they're basically witches gone bad. And they have this ability to use this magic to perform these evil acts. So a lot of the locals believe that skinwalkers will actually gather together in secret in a dark canyon somewhere near the ranch in order to practice dark magic and rituals. And these rituals involve taboo acts like incest, grave robbing, necrophilia, mutilating corpses, and even cannibalism. It's very interesting that, you know, there's this, you know, essentially skinwalkers comes back to a bunch of evil sorcerers. I mean, that's essentially what it is or witches or whatever you want to call it. I mean, which I guess could explain some of the activity. If you do believe that, you know, in in black magic or dark magic and, or if you believe in magic at all, then I, I feel like there's absolutely a possibility that they could be, you know, if skinwalkers were real or, you know, there is a group of individuals out there performing, rituals and dark magic that perhaps maybe they are the cause for a lot of the strange activity and occurrences around skinwalker ranch and it's interesting how they have their gatherings because i would think they'd be able to level up on their own you know make their powers more and more but it seems like with the gatherings maybe with everyone else and what they bring to the table somehow creates like even a more powerful type of experience or something like that. Like I could be way off. No, that's a good theory. I mean, there's probably a reason for it. I mean, I think if you, if you ever look into black magic and things like that, I mean, there is in order to draw this power, you do have to give something, Mm -hmm. you know, to whatever is giving you that power. I mean, there's a lot of reason. There's a lot of things that could do that, but it would make sense that they would need to, draw their power from somewhere. I mean, if you're out there and you're able to do all of these things, you have to get that power from somewhere. And in addition to all these superhuman abilities and, you know, taking the best of, of these animals abilities, they also have powers like mind control, telepathy. They can read your thoughts and they can even inflict pain or illness remotely along with telekinesis. So they can essentially 
with these powers destroy property or murder someone from miles away. Wow. So in reality, I mean, this is probably, if you want to just, you know, think about this for a moment and theorize like, Hey, maybe skinwalkers are real. If they are real, then they are the most deadly, most terrifying being that you could possibly come in contact with on the planet. I mean, they have all these abilities. They can kill you from miles away. What else out there can do that? That is animal or human. Yeah. Nothing. Not shit, man. It's also thought that some of the most powerful skinwalkers can actually summon the spirits of these animals, you know, that we talked about and even reanimate their corpses. Plus, you know, the whole point of being a skinwalker is you want to scare people. You want to create mayhem. So oftentimes when skinwalkers have been seen, they appear in front of cars driving on dark country roads, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, or you'll just be driving along and all of a sudden a skinwalker will be running alongside your vehicle. Oh my God. (laughs) Imagine that. So that's so scary because that's what they want to do. They want to scare you. They want to, you know, that's the goal, create mayhem at the end of the day. A skinwalker's goal is to basically live forever by feeding off of the lives of people and animals that they murder. And as long as they continue to kill, they'll continue to live. It's one theory. Another legend says the spirits of drowned children lure unsuspecting victims to their deaths. And these water babies lurk around bodies of water and cry out to draw people in. And many people have claimed to hear cries of water babies on Skinwalker Ranch while walking near the creek that runs through it. And while we're talking about water, another danger that lurks in the water that people have seen are giant sea snakes in Utah. And these snakes can drown people even in very shallow waters. Local law enforcement have actually received reports of these giant snakes, and they've actually been blamed for multiple drownings. How crazy is that? That's so crazy because it reminds me of one time I watched this old Western video and it was showing like a guy on his horse going through a river and there were so many goddamn water snakes in that river that it tore the, it brought the horse down into the river along with the guy and and the guy drowned. So, I mean, snakes in water, that's a fear of mine for sure. Well, yeah. And I think that there's probably, I mean, there's definitely snakes in the waters out here for sure, but big enough to take down a human and drown them. I mean, that seems like kind of unheard of, but I mean, if there's lots of snakes, like a bunch of them in a pack, I feel like that could, if they're biting you at the same time, pulling you down underwater, I feel like that would be possible as well. Yeah, that is definitely possible. I I think what I'm alluding to though, is that, you know, the fact that there are multiple different types of animals that are seen that are not necessarily normal looking, I mean, giant sea snakes in Utah, I mean, I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure most of the snakes out there are not big enough to drown a human. You know, I think there might be a possibility that there could be something in this area of Skinwalker Ranch that is actually causing maybe animals to mutate or possibly grow to a much larger size than they normally would. So there might be a possibility that there are, in fact, giant snakes that in normal conditions would not be big enough to actually take down a human. But for whatever reason in this area, whether it's black magic or something else unknown is causing them to grow a lot larger. It's just one thought, but let's talk about how did skinwalker ranch get started? So the ranch actually was established by the Myers family in 1905. And they only had a few structures on the ranch's Northwest side. 
And eventually they built a new home on the east side of the ranch. So there's basically two, two dwellings on the ranch. Kenneth and Edith Myers lived on the ranch from 1934 to 1987. And after they died, the property was vacant for seven years. And then in 1994, a young couple bought the property, hoping to settle into a quiet life with their teenage son and 10-year-old daughter. And the common name, I guess the common pseudoname for them is Terry and Gwen Sherman. I'm not entirely sure if this is their actual names, but maybe they're keeping that confidential for some reason. But after they moved in, over the next 15 months, this ordinary Mormon family experienced terrifying and unexplainable events. And before the family actually moved in, they came and inspected the property and they were kind of taken aback by the fact that all of the windows and doors had deadbolts on them. Kind of weird, right? Yeah, I mean, that's super suspicious because deadbolts, they're trying to keep something in or out, basically. That's the only reason why you'd put a deadbolt on something, right? Yep. So even doors leading to rooms within the house and cabinets inside the house had deadbolts on them. Literally every door, anything that could open had a deadbolt on it. So why is that? And imagine moving, you know, being a prospective buyer, you're going and visiting your you know, new home potentially, and you walk in and you see deadbolts on everything. What's the first thought that's going to go through your mind? <laughs> you're going to think if you're smart, if you're smart, you're gonna be like, holy shit. Why are, what are they trying to lock up or what are they trying to keep out? Right? Exactly. Or what are they locking up rather? Like what's locked up inside this place or what are they trying to keep out of this place? So it's kind of weird. They also found on both sides of the house, heavy chains installed in the ground with iron stakes. And they assumed that these chains were for restraining large animals, but I mean, not super weird. I mean, it is a ranch, so there is a possibility that this was just a normal thing that they're using to keep, you know, horses chained up. I don't know. Cows chained up. Yeah. But definitely a little weird, but since it had been vacant for so long, It took months of renovations in order to restore the ranch to a point where they could actually live there. And while they were going through this renovation process, Terry saw large indented circles in a field near the house. And the odd thing about these circles was that they were all perfectly symmetrical, which I think to anybody would seem kind of weird, right? Like, oh yeah, just perfect circles in the ground, in the grass there. And, you know, he just kind of shrugged it off at first being like, okay, maybe some trees were removed or something, but it doesn't really explain how symmetrical circles get there. It gives me the thought of, you know, how UFOs and cornfields. Crop circles, right? Yeah, crop circles, like same thing. And I guess he probably didn't know about that. Otherwise, that would have been my first thought if I saw some symmetrical circles in the ground or in the grass. I, I would definitely start thinking crop circles and what are crop circles related to? UFOs, right? So maybe he didn't know this. But by the spring of 1995, the Sherman family was all moved in to their homey Skinwalker Ranch. That April, after moving in, Terry went out to one of the fields to check on a cow that was giving birth. And while he was out there, he noticed strange lights out in the field. And as he got closer, he saw a huge object flying about 50 feet off of the ground. 
And as far as we know about Terry, he wasn't really into any of these types of things. He didn't really know what he was looking at. It was just kind of all unknown to him. Definitely wasn't a conspiracy theories. That's for sure. It didn't take long for Gwen to see her first UFO either. And when she did, she said it was so bright that she could see the whole side of the mountain and that the entire field below it was like a sunny day, even though it was pitch dark out. It was as if someone had turned on stadium lights. That's how, how much this thing was glowing. In 1996, the couple spoke to the Desert News newspaper out of Salt Lake City about what they had seen. And this was just only the beginning, the UFO sightings. The family had actually seen three different types of UFOs on multiple occasions. A small box-shaped UFO that emitted a white light, a 40-foot long flying object, and an even larger ship that they believe spanned the length of several football fields. Whoa. That's wild. Imagine that. Imagine not only just seeing you know, a glowing object in the sky, but if several football fields long, that's huge. That's enormous. It is. Makes me think of like a ship off Star Wars or some shit. Yeah, know? seriously. It's like, wow. It's like the Empire just landed in right? at Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch or something, man. Like, Jesus. And they said that when they are actually looking at one of these larger ships, they said they could make out shadowy figures that were easily over seven feet tall. On different occasions, the family saw other UFOs that looked like a flying refrigerator, a wavy red light beam coming from a flying ship, and an orange circular doorway hovering in midair. They also said that at one point they saw multiple discs up in the sky, and before they knew it, the disc disappeared, but what they left behind looked like holes had actually been carved out of the sky itself. The Shermans even said that other times they'd be outside, and a large hole would open up in the sky, through which they said they could see another time of day or another place entirely through this hole and the sky inside this vortex or portal or whatever this is was often bright orange and occasionally ufos would fly in and out of the hole from one sky to another that's crazy to think about i mean all all of this eyewitness account from the shermans makes me believe that there's some type of interdimensional portal here at skinwalker ranch and that's in fact what they're seeing. They're seeing interdimensional beings or whatever flying in between different worlds. Essentially, That's just crazy to think about. And later on that same night, Terry was out in the field on their property with the family's dogs when he started hearing male voices, which panicked the dogs and they started barking uncontrollably before running back to the house. And what was weird is that these voices were coming from above and they were speaking a language he didn't recognize. And these disembodied voices returned multiple times. Sometimes they spoke English and narrated whatever the person was doing. Another night, the family saw more than a dozen flying objects over the fields. Lights appeared out of nowhere and seemed to move with purpose. When a person looked at these lights, though, they were overwhelmed by a feeling of dread. And these strange events tended to happen more often around a new moon when there was very little light. They also happened more often on cloudy nights or during storms. One night during a bad thunderstorm, Terry and his son saw a strange flying object as they were coming home. But before they could really get a good look at it, it ducked quickly out of sight. And when they walked around the rock ridge, they saw it again hovering near the ground. They were closer than they had ever been to one of these flying objects at this point, and they both waved their arms to get the attention of whatever 
or whoever was flying this craft. The lights of the ship flashed on and off three times before flying out of sight. Terry and his son believed the beings on the ship were using the flashing lights to try to communicate with them. Crop circles like the ones Terry found before they moved in were also a regular occurrence. One time the family found three eight-foot-wide circles made of flattened grass about 30 feet away from each other. They also found three-foot-wide, two-feet-deep holes in the dirt on another part of the ranch, shaped like circles and tamped down flat. They also claimed that they saw unusual animals, including colorful, exotic birds that they had never seen before. As far as paranormal activity goes, inanimate objects moved on their own or disappeared entirely, and sometimes these objects would reappear later in a new spot. Where have we seen this kind of paranormal activity before? Pretty much every Ed and Lorraine Warren case, right? I was going to say infield poltergeist for sure. Where objects are in one place and then all of a sudden they show up in another and nobody knows how they got there. Mm -hmm. Or they just disappear entirely. The Shermans also claimed to hear rumblings beneath the ground that sounded like heavy machinery was being used. One time, Terry Sherman found a 200-pound hyena-like beast attacking one of his horses. It stayed close to the ground and looked like it had big muscles like a man, and it had curly red hair and a bushy tail. As Terry walked toward the beast, though, it disappeared right in front of his eyes. He went over and checked his horse and found long claw marks along its legs. One of Terry's neighbors told him he had seen the same beast running on his property, and sometimes members of the Sherman family would see quick flashes of an unknown creature. The outside appearance of these flashes was different each time they saw it. And according to multiple reports, this creature could alter its form and remain mostly invisible. And because of this, no one has ever really seen what this creature actually is or what it looks like. Only the quick flickers when it loses its invisibility for a few moments. On another occasion, apparently the Sherman family watched in horror as this unknown creature moved closer and closer to a man who had wandered onto their farm. And this man, strangely enough, was out in the middle of their field meditating with his eyes closed. As I mean, that's what they observed, I guess. And each time they saw a flicker, this unknown creature was several steps closer. And they actually said they saw it standing right in front of him. And the creature made a terrifying sound like a lion's roar. At this point, the man opened his eyes and saw this flickering beast and ran for his life. If you just take a moment to dissect that for a sec, let's think about this. So first of all, a man wanders onto their farm. This is a huge piece of property. So the chances of a man wandering on the farm, I feel like to meditate is very odd. Where this man come from? What's he doing there? Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there are hermits out there that live out in the middle of nowhere. There could be somebody just wandering around, but the fact that he was meditating in the field is very interesting but also the flickering of this beast, whatever this creature is, to me makes me think definitely interdimensional. You know, whenever you talk about an interdimensional being or craft or something like that, they're, you know, not fully in this dimension. They're still partly in another dimension. So there's almost this dimensional bleed between the two, which could cause the flickering. So, all signs point to some type of interdimensional portal in or around the property. Clearly, if you think that was wild, it gets even crazier. There's even been sightings of Bigfoot at Skinwalker Ranch. He's been spotted walking through the fields 
and then vanishing with the next step. So almost like flashing in and then he's gone, you know, like it's, it's not even like he's physically there. It's almost like he's kind of being beamed in there for a second and then poof, he's gone. Like it's a projection basically. Like, yeah, that's what I'm kind of, I kind of alluding to. Like it's almost, it appears to a human's eyes, like almost like a projection, even though it's technically real, it's not fully in this reality. So we perceive it as a, like a projection or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it may not necessarily be like specifically on Skinwalker Ranch because it could be in a whole nother place because the way I see it is this land is like a window to a different dimension. So it's, or it's like a tunnel, even a tunnel. And, you know, like it could be the a tunnel would make more sense because you could go through the tunnel to the other side, but you could also come back through and then you could kind of be in between them. So you oh, kind of get yeah. flashes of something before it disappears. This whole idea of flickering and then it disappears. And one of the other theories is that, you know, whoever's piloting these UFOs all over the place, you know, whether it's aliens or some other type of being, perhaps they control Bigfoot and that's why they're able to, you know, eliminate him as soon as someone catches, you know, a glimpse of them, they can make him disappear or whatever or kill him, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> kind of weird. But one of the most unsettling experiences the Sherman family had was losing their cattle because that was what they were doing out there. They were raising cattle. That's how they make money. It's still uh, the ranch is still used to raise cattle. I mean, it's a lot of acreage out there. It's great for grazing cattle on. So for the Sherman family, this was a really big deal. And they believed that the disappearance and deaths of the cattle were linked to the other bizarre events. When they saw a UFO at night, it was more likely something would happen to the cattle by the next day because Terry found the first cow dead in a field. But what was weird about this dead cow was that there was no blood anywhere on or around the cow and he wasn't able to figure out how it had died. He looked all over the area for tracks from a predator or signs that a person or vehicle maybe had come on his property and killed the cow, but he wasn't able to find anything. What was weird to him though was that this dead cow had an unusual chemical smell and the only injury Terry found was a perfectly round hole made in the center of the cow's left eyeball. And then the next dead cow he came across had the same hole in its left eye. This cow also had a hole made around the rectum that was six inches around and one inch deep. And it also had the same chemical smell to it. So this is kind of like some first reports of what's known as cattle mutilation. And this is another unexplained phenomena that still occurs to this day. In fact, I think earlier this year, even there was reports out of Oregon of ranchers coming out to their fields and finding their cows mutilated blood sucked dry out of them with no evidence that an animal took them out. Oh, wow. Because if you think about it, an animal is going to tear a cow apart, you know, there's going to be blood on the ground. They're not going to suck all the blood out, leave no trace of blood around the body and then take off or drill a hole into it, you know, better yet. So what the hell? And this is a very, very real phenomenon that happens even to this day that is still unexplained on why cattle mutilations occur. Very interesting stuff. When Terry found his dead cows, though, he believed whatever was mutilating them 
may have been interrupted before finishing, which is kind of odd. But eventually, cows started disappearing from the ranch altogether without a trace. One winter, a cow had wandered out into a field in the snow, making hoof prints along the way. But the prints stopped before reaching the trees around the field, and Terry found the spot where the cow had last stood. But there was no other signs of the cow. This cow weighed 1,200 to 1,400 pounds, so there's no way it had stepped through the snow without leaving tracks. Couldn't have just snuck off. It's not like cows can tiptoe or something. And it couldn't walk backward from the exact same spot and hit all of its hoof prints backwards, you know? No. So what the hell? The only explanation that he could come up with was that the cow had been lifted straight up into the air by something because there was no prints. It just stopped right there in the field. Done. No cow, just prints. What was interesting, though, is that the prints, the hoof prints, were surrounded by broken branches and the tops of a few nearby trees were cut clean off. Very weird. Which makes me think that something was obviously hovering above the trees and cut the branches off, which was why it was where that cow was last seen. So right. that's what I think. Right. Makes you think that something abducted it, you know, and maybe it was one of these UFOs that are flying around all over the place. In January of 1996, though, Terry and Gwen's son was out in the field with the cows. Five minutes after seeing one of them alive, they found it dead at the edge of the field. Five minutes. And there was a hole carved into its rectum that was six inches wide and 18 inches deep. It went all the way into the cow's body, but there was no blood on the cow or the ground. And just like the others, there was this chemical smell. The cow was surrounded by broken branches. And again, the trees nearby had their tops cut off. That is lightning quick though. Five minutes and then. And you don't even notice that? How do you not notice that? You don't hear anything. You don't see it. It's like you had a cow. Now you don't. Yeah. Imagine that being out in the field and you turn around for like a few minutes and turn back around. Your cow's lying there dead, gaping hole in its ass. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I would start freaking out. I'd be like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Some people theorize that maybe these skinwalkers are out there and they're attacking these cows. But I'm like, if it was a skinwalker, then why didn't they kill the human as well? Mm-hmm. So to me, the more probable explanation is one of these UFOs, they can move silently. So they're able to come in and beam it up or you know, do whatever it did to it in a matter of seconds before it's poof, gone. It's the only thing I can really come up with. I mean, what other explanation is there? I don't know of any creature or animal that would have been able to come up there without him knowing and let alone do all that damage to that cow in a matter of five minutes. I don't think there's anything out there that could do that. And like you said, it's interesting how they're not targeting like the family and that they're just going after the cattle. And once they're done with the cow, they just leave it dead on the ground or other cases it, the cow's completely gone. So makes me think is there something out there that's performing like scientific experiments on the cows yeah it's what it kind of seems like they're like collecting cow samples for some reason yeah and obviously this was very unsettling to the family all these strange events that were happening but the biggest thing was the fact that losing their cows took a toll on them financially this was a huge chunk of their income that they were just all of a sudden losing to whatever was taking and killing their cows So Terry went to talk to his neighbors and nearby ranchers and he heard similar stories from them that their cattle were also being mutilated as well, but 
nothing was ever done when they try to report it to the police. Cause I mean, what are the police going to do? Go sit out there with your cows and protect <laughs> them. Like, right. I mean, there's not really much you can do if there's no, no evidence of a human. I mean, a human could have, but like the injuries wouldn't be you what know, they are. A human's not going to go mutilate a cow and be able to, you know, leave no mess. Right. And especially get out of there in five minutes without anybody knowing. That's yeah. There's no way pretty much impossible. But when Terry talked to one of his neighbors, his neighbor told him that he had known about cattle mutilation since he was a kid, which he's now 55 years old at this point, And he still believed if he told anyone what he had seen, especially the police, they would think he was crazy. And this kind of makes sense because the Unita County Sheriff's department didn't have any record of reports of cattle disappearances or mutilations or of UFO sightings. And a local UFO investigator, Joseph Hicks had been tracking sightings in the area since the 1950s. And by the mid-90s, he had reports of over 400 UFO sightings. From his research, Joseph concluded that because there were thousands of sightings throughout the country during that time, that the UFOs were somehow linked to the cattle mutilations. During his time investigating, he spoke to a number of different people and witnesses that had actually seen UFOs. And a large number of them actually told him that they were close enough to the UFOs to see through the ship's windows or doorways and they claim to have seen living beings inside, which is very interesting because that would tell us that somebody's piloting these. Yeah. I mean, if they're a living being and they're moving around inside, it's likely an intelligent being of some sort, whether it's a human or some type of alien. But Joseph estimated that about 10% of the people who lived in the area had seen UFOs. And he believed personally that the beings were from another world. And they were here visiting Earth to do research on the planet and to explore, which would make a lot of sense, honestly. I mean, that's kind of what I think about cattle mutilations is that science experiments. I mean, if you were an alien visiting another planet, what do you want to do? You want to study the inhabitants of the planet. And, you know, they clearly are smart enough to know that you know, nobody's going to really come after them for taking a cow. So why not? abduct a cow why not take samples up from a cow in order to start understanding the dna of these animals and how life works on earth it kind of makes a lot of sense yeah exactly cows are super easy access for ufos and aliens i mean they just got to find an open pasture look down yeah oh we got some down here so it makes sense why they're going after cattle as opposed to humans yeah and like i mean don't get me wrong they do go after humans sometimes you know we've covered a number of alien abduction cases on the show and but it just seems like cattle mutilations happen way more often than people claiming alien abduction and you know probably for the very reason that joel just said i mean it's just it's easier it makes more sense to do that so why not take the cattle but ufo sightings i mean that's what this all really comes back to is whatever these UFOs are, they've been seen for hundreds and maybe even thousands of years over the Utah skies. At the end of the day, all of the supernatural events that are happening, especially during the time that the Shermans owned the ranch, seemingly came back to the UFO activity, which I find very interesting. And we'll dive into more when we start talking about the ranch's next owner, Robert Bigelow. But I think it's important to note that I believe that before the Shermans lived there, the original owners of the ranch, I believe did not experience anything. It's important to note that the Shermans 
were really the first ones to report all this activity. The original people that founded the ranch, uh, the Myers, they did not, there wasn't all of these stories and, you know, things being told about all this crazy stuff happening on their ranch. But then again, I don't know if they, if there's any way to know whether or not they did. It's kind of it, the, the history of the ranch is kind of gray. You know, there's not a lot of like concrete proof of any of this stuff. It's not like the Shermans had photographs and all of this captured evidence of what they were experiencing, which I do find a little bit odd because I mean, they did see a lot of shit. So you would think they would have captured something. And it's a possibility that the previous owners did see like a lot of these same things, but just decided to keep their mouth shut about it. You know? Yeah. So it's very possible. We just don't know. I mean, the history of the ranch is, is very confusing and a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of different stories about different things. You know, there's not like a, we don't have like a concrete record of everything that's ever happened at Skinwalker Ranch. So a lot of things are open to interpretation and I know there's a lot more out there about the history of it, but I tried to just give you a, a basic overview of it because we could probably spend a whole, whole episode just on the experiences of the Sherman family. There's a lot more stuff that happened with them, but that was the general gist of things. I mean, they experienced paranormal activity, the UFO sightings, the cattle mutilations, and this unknown creature that they kept seeing, which I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot of strange activity to witness, but it'll be interesting to see what is experienced after Robert Bigelow, the billionaire big investor guy takes over and, you know, kind of diving into the modern history of Skinwalker ranch. So after the Shermans had the ranch for a while, it eventually changed hands and came into ownership under a man named Robert Bigelow, who is a very wealthy billionaire, kind of Elon Musk type of individual uh, real estate investor. He owns the budget suites of America hotel chain, but his main form of business is the Bigelow aerospace company, which actually develops space station modules, which is pretty cool. He's working on space hotel, like modules to put onto the space station so that one day soon we can go spend a week in space in the space hotel. How lit is that? Nice. I'd be so lit. Right. And I love, I love these billionaire. You know, if I was rich or was a billionaire and had all this money to, you know, just do whatever I wanted with, I would have done exactly what Bigelow did. And I would try to buy skinwalker ranch. That'd be cool <laughs> as fuck to have a, you know, a place like that, or even just go out and buy haunted houses and objects. And stuff. Yeah, I think that that's too. cool kind of jealous of uh, Zach Bagans, his whole oh, haunted know, museum right? and all that and how he has all this shit. I think that's really cool. Uh, the fact that he has all these haunted objects. If I had a lot of money, that's what I would do. I would go start my own Josh's oh, haunted, yeah, haunted museum or something or go buy a haunted ranch or something. That'd be really cool. And just like investigate it and stuff and try to, cause there's not enough being done. I mean, let's be real. There's not enough people. There's not enough scientists. There's not enough serious investigation happening on the paranormal and all this unexplained phenomena. We need more of it. And the government's not, I mean, they're, they're definitely investigating it, but it's not, you know, it's definitely not in the priority number one for them. So it's a lot of times I feel like just gets kind of pushed to the side and, you know, becomes this very like, Oh, you believe in the paranormal. I don't know about you out there or if you've ever like 
come across somebody in public, you know, like for example, I've get my hair cut and, you know, I always love the conversation. What do you do for a living? I'm like, Oh, I'm a podcaster. And they're like, Oh, what kind of podcast do you do? Well, I talk about really dark shit and, <laughs> uh, you know, evil people and the paranormal. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see people's reactions to the paranormal. And cause I mean, a lot of people don't even fully understand what the paranormal even means. Right. You know, they might just think, Oh, you're into ghosts or things like that. But I think a lot of people don't realize that anything that is unexplained pretty much falls under the paranormal. Hence why it's called paranormal. It's something that's not fucking normal. So it's, you know, all this unexplained shit gets looped under paranormal UFOs, cryptids, skinwalkers, Bigfoot, all that gets under paranormal. So I, but what's interesting is that there's actually a ton of evidence for, for these paranormal things. So why aren't we studying it more? Well, that's exactly what Robert Bigelow set out to do years and years ago in 1995. He actually founded the national Institute for discovery science, also known as NIDS and NIDS purpose was literally to bring credibility to all of these, you know, this fringe science as they call it. And he actually conducted one of the largest scientific studies of UFOs. And likely back in 1995, you probably got a lot of flack from people for studying UFOs. Probably like, what? You're going to go study flying saucers in the sky? What's wrong with you? Why are you wasting all that money and time on that? But what's interesting to note is that there's been a lot of like, you know, these fringe science theories that are now widely accepted by the scientific community. I mean, some of those included like plate tectonics and the continental drift, the Big Bang Theory, the existence of the city of Troy, even heliocentrism where the earth and the other planets revolve around the sun. This was all once viewed as fringe science. So how can you really, you know, fault somebody for wanting to go study fringe theories when in fact, maybe these things just need to be studied more so that we can actually figure out what the hell is going on. So we have more answers and the answers that we're going to find down the paranormal route will literally change the entire nature of everything. Our entire world will be flipped upside down. If we discover there is, other dimensions where beings are traveling through, you know, these portals or they're able to go, you know, rip holes into space time and actually come through and are visiting us. They're abducting us. They're abducting our animals They're studying, experimenting. Like if we're able to concrete, you know, get the proof that we need in order to come out to the public and be like, guys, this is absolutely real. Here's who they are. We've made contact with them. It's going to completely change the world. All of this petty shit that is on the news every day that we're all worried about, we're all stressed about oh, the election, the election, the blah, the politics, the blah, 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 blah. Right. All of that shit is not going to matter once we definitively know we are not alone in the universe. We are being visited by alien beings and they are already here. They've been here. The Native Americans knew about them even further back. You know, ancient Egyptians know, knew about them. The aboriginal people of Australia knew about the star people. I mean, it's only a matter of time before this becomes, you know, mainstream really. And what's interesting though, is there was a, uh, interview Robert Bigelow did with 60 minutes public television. And this interview is one of my favorites. Do you believe in aliens? I'm absolutely convinced that's all there is to it. Do you also believe that UFOs have come to earth? There has been and is an existing presence, uh, an ET presence. And I spent millions and millions. I probably spent more as an individual than anybody else in the United States has ever spent on this subject. You see why that's one of my favorite interviews of, I mean, we're talking a very, very wealthy, influential person literally saying there is 
and has been an existing ET presence here on Earth. And I'm absolutely convinced that we're being visited by some type of extraterrestrials. I mean, I feel like if you're going to believe anybody, why wouldn't you believe him? I mean, he's literally spent millions of dollars studying the studying UFOs and he even owned Skinwalker Ranch. That's why I'm even showing you this is because he was an owner of Skinwalker Ranch and he that's these millions and millions of dollars that he's talking about went into Skinwalker Ranch. He bought Skinwalker Ranch and brought in whole teams into this place and did all sorts of experiments and data gathering and clearly he saw some shit there that convinced him. I oh, mean, definitely. he clearly knows. I mean, if there's anybody that knows, it's this guy. I mean, he owns per, perhaps maybe the alien airport, <laughs> yeah. as I like to call Skinwalker Ranch. Like maybe Skinwalker Ranch is like the alien airport. Like this is the place that they're able to come through from wherever they're traveling from. And that's why we're literally the amount of UFO activity I, I that people see in the Utah basin is absurd. I mean, it's, you could go out there most nights and see, see shit moving around all sorts of different lights. So there's gotta be some truth to that. And it's so fascinating as Utah too. I mean, out of all places, but when I think about it on a geographical level, you know, maybe that specific position on the planet earth has something to do with whatever's coming through in and out of there or something. I don't know. It's just lots of uh, questions, you know? Yeah. Lots of questions. And, you know, we have some answers, but nothing that is foolproof, you know, something yeah. that we, we just start. It's still, you know, clearly we know something's there. We just don't know what it is, right. who's in it. We just haven't gotten to that point yet. So Robert Bigelow, you know, he was hearing all about the Sherman family and everything they had going on there. And he had his eye on Skinwalker Ranch for a while. And he was absolutely determined to buy it and study it. But up until 1996, the Shermans still owned it. But there was a particular event in the spring of 1996 when the Sherman family decided they had had enough with the ranch. One night in May, Terry was walking with her dogs when he saw a glowing blue orb in the distance, and it was darting back and forth over the field. Terry told the dogs to go get it, and so the dogs ran after this glowing orb and into the brush. And when the dogs were out of sight, Terry heard three loud yelps. He called the dogs, but they never came back. And the following day, Terry went out to find them, and when he went into the brush, he found three greasy lumps of ash on the scorched earth. And that was it. They never saw their dogs again. And this is, I think, I think this scared the Sherman so much that they were like, okay, there is something absolutely more powerful here than we want to deal with. So they ended up selling Skinwalker Ranch to Robert Bigelow for 200,000 bucks. I would buy it for 200,000 bucks right yeah, now. Yeah, that's I, a I deal. Would. That, that is a deal. And so after Robert Bigelow buys it, he brought in his, you know, whole group through NIDS, which is all these researchers and scientists in collaboration with award-winning investigative journalist George Knapp. Uh, if you've never heard of him, very, very cool guy. And a biochemist, Colm Keller. And in the late 90s and early 2000s, George Knapp actually published a series of stories in the Las Vegas Mercury, an alternative newspaper that's no longer around, about the Sherman's family's experiences. And George Knapp is somebody who's very, you know, who's always been into the unexplained and has been covering it from a journalistic perspective and has done a great job. Uh, you know, Area 51, all of that whole thing. He's still 
doing it today. So, you know, I, I personally trust the things that George Knapp reports on. But anyways, George Knapp and the biochemist Colm Keller actually co-authored a book about Skinwalker Ranch called Hunt for the Skinwalker. Science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in Utah. And Colm actually led a group of research scientists from NIDS to study the supernatural events happening at the ranch. They stayed on the property for 100 days and nights and documented all of their experiences. And George Knapp was the only journalist they brought along, and he witnessed everything firsthand himself. And they went into this with a scientific perspective. I mean, they hypothesized about the causes of each of the strange events using quantum mechanics, uh, the study of subatomic particles using mathematical laws. But the events they basically observed included teleportation, telepathy, distortions in space-time, and portals into another dimension, they claim. The team saw creatures they couldn't identify, glowing orbs in the sky, and surreal apparitions unlike anything they'd ever seen before. They witnessed and felt things that couldn't be explained or proven by science, and just things that literally couldn't be studied using the scientific method. You know, like, I believe in science, don't get me wrong, but I do believe that there's probably things out there that science may not be able to explain at all, or we just haven't discovered, you know, how to actually study these things. We just don't have the knowledge. But of the nearly 100 strange occurrences they experienced, one of the most baffling was the disappearance and mutilation of cattle. There were reports of dismembered and deflated animals long before the NIDS team got there, and there have been many reports since then. Various types of UFOs were seen throughout their time at the ranch. The team said they saw multiple black triangles, which are basically dark-colored, triangular-shaped UFOs that are covered in flickering lights. And these huge UFOs hover silently in the night sky and move very slowly. The researchers also saw giant mammals with glowing red eyes. They looked like wolves, but they were three times the size and very aggressive. Apparently, the Shermans, the day they moved in, Terry and his son saw one of these giant wolves on the ranch. It was massive, but it seemed calm. And as it walked away, the wolf snatched one of the young cows by the nose and tried to drag it away. And Terry and his son beat the wolf trying to save the calf, but it wouldn't let go. So Terry used a 357 Magnum and shot the wolf six times at point blank range. But this wolf was unfazed by the bullets that were attempting to penetrate its skin. It just seemed annoyed and pissed off and eventually wandered away. Terry and his son tried to track it in order to hunt it down, but it seemingly had disappeared. So some believe that this massive wolf-like beast is perhaps a dire wolf which likely went extinct about 9,500 years ago. They're about 25% larger than the largest species of modern dogs, the American Mastiff, and they have the ability to crush the bones of their prey. Or it's a skinwalker, and maybe that's why the bullets had no effect on them. Because according to the Navajo people, the only way to kill a skinwalker is for a powerful shaman to complete a ritual that directs the skinwalker's evil onto itself. Or they may also be killed by dipping a bullet in white ash and shooting the skinwalker directly in the neck or head. It's crazy to think that this team of researchers, scientists were seeing abnormally large wolves roaming around, you know, especially when you know about the legend of the skinwalker. It's very, very weird. But while the NIDS team was there in 1999, they actually launched a 24 hour hotline for reporting UFOs and they quickly received thousands of tips. And they actually investigated each report, 
And while some could be explained by meteors or activity from the military, like missile launches and planes, hundreds of these sightings had no explanation. Part of their research came from mainstream experts who analyzed data anonymously, not wanting to be affiliated with fringe science. But the research at NIDS was based on proven scientific methods, and the team was always skeptical that anything really came from outer space or another dimension. They hypothesized that some of the anomalies they witnessed didn't come from aliens, but from a storm in time. And this time storm basically caused a wrinkle in another dimension and provided a brief window into either the past or the future. Another possible explanation for UFOs is obviously top secret military experiments. You know, maybe the military has some type of anti-gravity craft that they're experimenting with, and that's what we're seeing. But other phenomena had no logical explanation. At one point, they brought in a man named Thomas Winterton, and he was actually going to be a future superintendent of the ranch. But he was tasked with creating new dirt roads to make the property more accessible. And from the moment he stepped on the ranch, he just had a bad feeling and it felt like it came on like a wave. He knew about the strange things that happened at Skinwalker Ranch and he had heard the superstition that you should never dig on the property. And as he was working on the dirt fields, he had to dig. That's what he was there to do is build roads. And after just a few days of work, a mysterious bump formed on his head. It was as if his scalp had separated from his skull. So how did this mysterious bump come about? Well, there's a lot of theories. But one of the things that we know for certain that happens on Skinwalker Ranch property is unexplained magnetic fields and spikes in radiation levels to a point where they could cause an injury like this to happen. And again, researchers have no idea what's causing this. But they believe some of these events could be explained by focused energy sources which lie below the ground. And this energy could be from some unknown technology or even an undiscovered natural phenomenon. Perhaps an interdimensional portal or some form of non-human intelligence. Those who have visited the ranch more recently have the same uneasy feeling Thomas had during his time there. Most feel as though some force or being is trying to communicate or interact with them telepathically. Technology like cameras, Wi-Fi, or GPS devices, or just any sort of measurement tool malfunction after coming through the gates of Skinwalker Ranch. Devices sometimes shut down spontaneously and never work correctly again. And batteries drain much faster than usual. I mean, there's so many instances, even today, of people's cell phones go from 100% to 0% dead, dead as a, you know, could be in a matter of seconds without any explanation. Like it never happens before yet while they're on Skinwalker Ranch property, they notice this happens. One NIDS team was filming around the ranch when they saw a strange bird chasing a pheasant and the pheasant flew directly into the front gate, broke its neck and died instantly. They also saw a flame rise from the ground during a strong gust of wind and then disappear. And unusually high levels of radiation have been detected near the spot where they saw the flame. After leaving the ranch, the people that were there studying the phenomena suffered from mysterious illnesses. And NIDS was permanently closed in 2004, but Robert Bigelow wasn't finished with the research yet. In 2007, Robert won a government contract with the U.S. Department of Defense through the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or AATIP. 
After visiting the ranch, a government official met with Nevada Senator Harry Reid about starting a UFO research program. And then Harry Reid got together with Robert Bigelow. And shortly after some meetings, Robert Bigelow's company, Bigelow Aerospace, was given a $22 million contract to conduct research on UFOs and other strange phenomena on Skinwalker Ranch and the surrounding area. So literally the government has investigated phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch. Interesting enough. And I mean, a lot, it was done through Robert Bigelow's company because they get, the government gave him the money uh, and the contract. But clearly there was enough going on there that the government's like, okay, we'll give you $22 million to investigate the paranormal. Like there's clearly enough going on there that they were able to get that money. But after only two years, ATIP was canceled. And by 2011, Robert was out of funding for the research, which if you know anything about this ATIP program, this was the program that was made public in 2017 when that big article hit the New York Times. And, you know, up until then, these programs were all still classified. Um, Also, a filmmaker named Jeremy Corbell also released his documentary uh, about this whole thing with Skinwalker Ranch as well. And Jeremy actually works a lot with George Knapp and he actually brought George Knapp in to help him with this documentary and, uh, you know, present a lot of firsthand uh, accounts from people who have witnessed strange activity at the ranch. It's actually a a pretty interesting uh, documentary. Definitely worth checking out for more of, uh, you know, what people are actually seeing, you know, different witnesses besides what we've talked about already. After Robert Bigelow, the ranch was then sold again in 2016 to a shell corporation called Adamantium Holdings for $4.5 million. So Robert Bigelow made a decent amount of profit off of it. I mean, $200,000 to $4.5 million, decent amount. But then after it was bought the second time, all the roads to the ranch were blocked off, barbed wire, and no trespassing signs were put up around the perimeter to keep people out. A security system, including cameras, were installed to keep watch over the property, armed guards. It kind of locked it down like an Area 51 type situation. And also the trademark for Skinwalker Ranch was issued in 2018 as well. And for a while, we didn't even know who owned this company that bought Skinwalker Ranch. There was We had no clue who it was. But earlier this year, in March 2020, the owner of the ranch finally came out publicly. And his name is Brandon Fugel. And Brandon Fugel is a 46-year-old man, Utah real estate and tech investor, science fiction fan, and a collector of movie memorabilia. He was raised in the Mormon church and considers himself to be a spiritual person, but he's also fascinated by technology and physics. And in 2010, Brandon joined up with other tech-obsessed investors to launch a clean energy project. They hope to produce clean energy using the theories of gravitational physics. The project failed, but Brandon wasn't ready to give up. A few of the scientists who consulted on the project were also involved in Robert Bigelow's research through the Department of Defense, Dr. Hal Putoff and Dr. Christopher Green. And Brandon stayed in touch with them and was eventually introduced to Robert. And he had heard of Skinwalker Ranch, but he didn't really know all that much about it. But after learning more about Robert's research, Brandon traveled to Las Vegas and spent an entire day discussing their shared interests. And in the following months, the sale was finalized and Brandon became the next owner of Skinwalker Ranch even though this was years before it was revealed publicly. Immediately, though, he upgraded the security system at Skinwalker Ranch, 
to include, you know, the high tech cameras and sensors to monitor activity 24 seven across the entire ranch. So this thing is wired to all, you know, all be like there's cameras everywhere so that they can actually capture, you know, all of the activity that they can that happens at the ranch. They even have like a command center set up to detect and track paranormal activity as well as potential UFO sightings. As of right now, though, the ranch is closed to the public and Brandon has no plans to monetize it beyond the cattle that are still raised there. He's committed to making scientific discoveries to explain the strange things that happen on the property. Brandon and his team have worked with the elders and tribal leaders from the surrounding Native American communities to incorporate the historical and cultural aspects into their research. One of the full-time caretakers at Skinwalker Ranch is also an anthropologist, and they talked with locals about their experiences, including groups of people who all saw and experienced the same things at the same time. Brandon has described these witnesses as normal people who don't want to speak publicly about these bizarre experiences. But since taking over the property, Brandon says him and his team have collected scientific evidence of anomalous injuries, footage of anomalous aerial phenomena, transient EMF, and a whole array of other bizarre things. Brandon and his team plan to release their findings to be peer-reviewed and verified by the scientific community, but they're waiting until they discover the physical laws and proven scientific facts that explain what's happening at Skinwalker Ranch. And Brandon Fugel isn't the only one committed to finding answers as well. Former government official Dr. Hal Putoff, who introduced Brandon to Robert Bigelow, Jim Semivan, a former senior official at the U.S. Government Accountability Office, and Tom DeLong, former guitarist for Blink-182, lead singer, teamed up to found To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences in 2017. So it's all, it's very interesting that, you know, we find out about the government's UFO program, you know, their study of Skinwalker Ranch, and then now we've got To The Stars, who's now, you know, they're a for-profit company committed to UFO research and reverse engineering UFOs, tracking sightings, and, you know, strange materials that have been recovered as well, that we have no idea where they came from, basically extraterrestrial metals from some of these UFOs that have been recovered, and they're trying to find a way to reverse engineer them. So, you know, we got all of these entities now working on on the subject of UFOs now, but it's also interesting, and I think part of the reason why this was under wraps for so long, the new owner uh, of Skinwalker Ranch, is because there is a show on History Channel, actually two shows. To the Stars has a show called Unidentified, I believe, and then uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is features Brendan Fugel in it and his whole team. And I watched some of this show before this episode, and some of the evidence that they've collected, I got to say, these if you're looking for two pretty good shows about UFOs that show some evidence in it, uh, Unidentified and The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on History Channel are actually pretty good. And looking at some of the evidence that they've collected, I mean, it backs up all of these things we've talked about throughout this episode. And, you know, strange paranormal activity to tons of UFO settings. I mean, I think if you were to look at, you know, what is for sure happening at Skinwalker Ranch, I think more so than skinwalkers themselves or unidentified creatures roaming around, it's UFOs, man. Like this is UFO ranch. This is like a hot spot for these unknown craft. I mean, they're seen all the time. There's so much evidence of it. It's absolutely just astounding. Like I would love to take a trip down there to the Unitaw Basin and go see for myself you know, at least being around this area of Skinwalker Ranch, obviously they can't go onto their property, 
but you could easily stay in, you know, the nearby town and, uh, Ballard or whatever, and, uh, see what you can see in the sky. I mean, there's clearly a lot of activity down here. So to some skinwalker ranch up, I think there's absolutely something special about this place. And, you know, even on the show, they were talking about interdimensional portals, like seriously, like they have an astrophysicist talking about how there, it may be a possibility of an interdimensional portal of some sort on the skinwalker ranch property, or perhaps there's something that lies underground that could even be, you know, some sort of extraterrestrial object or energy source that is somehow causing all of this, you know, UFOs to be attracted to this area or, you know, the radiation. I mean, they've measured levels of radiation that are absurd and there's absolutely no explanation for why there should be that much radiation under the ground in this area. Yeah. That's absolutely fascinating thinking about like what's contaminating, you know, all of that ground there. But I feel like if it is extraterrestrials, maybe it was their way of marking their territory and maybe a way to like a defensive mechanism for humans to like alter what they have going on there or something like that. But yeah, it's just very bizarre that has that much radiation going on there, you know? Yeah. Not only that, I think that there's clearly a time slip happening. There's could be even a rip in space time around this area. And that's why there's just so much paranormal activity there. That's why there's so much, you know, weird things that are being spotted. And, you know, there, there's clearly some type of anomaly there that we just haven't figured out what it is that is making this a hot spot for all this paranormal activity to occur. And, you know, I'm glad that there's actually a team. And from what I could tell, the fact that he's not interested in just opening this up as like a haunted amusement park or something. I mean, imagine the amount of money you could generate from Skinwalker Ranch if you decided oh, to know, right? allow people to come to it and experience it themselves. Like the fact that they're taking this as seriously as they, they have been and, you know, the U.S. government was invested in this Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, clearly there's something there that is interesting enough to have all these rich, wealthy people wanting to find out what it is because even Brandon himself in, in one of the shows said, if we discover what is, you know, basically causing skinwalker ranch to, you know, occur all this activity, then we may change the entire like playing field of science, of reality, of everything we know of in our day-to-day life. Like we might actually discover there is a way to portal into another dimension. Maybe that's how UFOs are getting here. They're coming through these portals or other beings are coming through. Maybe we even, it allows us to discover the, the other side, as we call it, this spiritual other side where, you know, all paranormal activity seems to come from, you know, when we're dealing with ghosts and spirits, you know, maybe they're on the verge of discovering what that actually is and how it works. I mean, how crazy would it be to have answers to all those things? It would absolutely change the world. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy how they didn't want to turn Skinwalker Ranch into a tourist attraction because to me, that would allow so many people just to go there, see it for themselves. And, you know, slowly that could change this world to like, Hey, this stuff is actually going on type of thing. So just still confused a little bit on maybe the government was involved on not allowing that to turn out that way. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's a valid point to bring up because, yeah, it'd be really cool, right, to have a place where you could go and actually experience paranormal activity and phenomena. Like, you know, that would be really cool. But at the same time, I think, you know, there is a possibility that there could be a threat involved with Skinwalker Ranch and whatever is causing this could be something very dangerous. And I mean, even on the show, they've, you know, the guys have detected deadly amounts of radiation. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. I I think the fact that we still don't know it, you know, is enough to, you know, want us to keep searching for the truth. And if you had a bunch of tourists running around everywhere, that becomes virtually impossible. Right. Yeah. Or they could ruin it, you know, ruin the site or it could just become, you know, I don't know, or something bad could happen. I mean, who knows what, what could actually happen if we just let Skinwalker ranch be a free for all. And clearly there's something going on there. I mean, if it's got a huge gate, it's always guarded. They got camera. It's basically locked down like area 51. So there's definitely enough going on there. I think that gives me enough proof that there's definitely stuff happening there. I mean, they've shown us a lot of the evidence of what they've seen. So there's clearly enough phenomena that's happening there that they want to investigate and they want to find the truth about. And I, I honestly think that's the best route to go. I think, you know, let people go to haunted houses and stuff like, <laughs> and or go, you know, to sites that are, you know, potentially haunted as opposed to something like this, where I think this is much closer to probably anything else that's out there. I haven't heard of any other sites or places on, anywhere on the globe that are as, I don't know what's the word, you know, has as much, unexplained phenomena happening as skinwalker ranch does and i could be wrong i mean if anyone out there knows of any other places that we should cover in the future that are paranormal hotspots that have tons and tons of paranormal activity being reported and any way shape or form i'd definitely love to know about it love to see what else is out there because maybe there's more interdimensional portals out there maybe there's more hidden alien technology that could be you know under the ground i mean i, I always find it interesting to think about the idea of we don't even know what's underneath our own feet. I feel like we don't, we don't know what's in the earth. We don't know what's underground. I mean, maybe, you know, there's a whole theory about a hollow earth civilization. I mean, there could be a ton of shit happening underground that we're just not aware of that we, or has been buried from sometime in the past. And maybe those there's something happening beneath our feet. That's causing this paranormal activity to occur. So I don't know. You guys will definitely have to let, let us know what you think about Skinwalker Ranch and, you know, anything else interesting you've heard about it that maybe we didn't cover. But, I mean, I could do a whole freaking podcast, a, a different show completely on just Skinwalker Ranch of how much information there is, how much stories there are about it. I mean, there's way more stories about Skinwalkers. This is a very brief overview of, like, Skinwalkers just in general. And maybe we'll do another episode in the future where we just focus on stories of Skinwalkers and people have encountered them uh, allegedly and things like that. But Definitely uh, let us know what you think, but we'll go ahead and end today's episode there. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Lights Out. Hopefully this was a little lighter one from last week. It was pretty dark last week. <laughs> yeah, and I, needed, I even needed a little bit of a recovery after that. Definitely. How uh, brutal and disgusting that last episode was on the Chicago Ripper crew. Uh, so I thought, you know, let's, let's get back to aliens for a bit. Let's get back to, you know, some of the other paranormal subjects. But yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, definitely 
Uh, leave us a comment, like, and subscribe, follow us on Spotify. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple podcasts. Uh, that really does help us out if you do that. And yeah, we will see you guys next time until then lights out everybody.